According to USA Today, because of the COVID-19 outbreak, many Americans haven't seen or touched another person in three months. And now you know what it feels like to be married for 10 years. (laughs) (laughs) Medical experts say the official numbers are much higher than what the White House is currently reporting. But enough about Trump's cholesterol. (laughs) (laughs) After complaining about North Carolina's Democratic governor remaining in shutdown mode, President Trump has threatened to move this summer's Republican convention out of North Carolina. Trump campaign officials are reportedly hoping they'll be able to move the convention to 1933 Nuremberg. It's been revealed that a Great Clips hair salon in Missouri may have recently infected up to 140 customers with COVID-19. Fortunately, it's Missouri and the virus can't penetrate a mullet. And finally, President Trump has been accused of promoting posts from a racist Twitter feed. The Twitter feed? At Donald J. Trump Jr. The Trump Report starts now. I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Welcome to the Trump Report. I hope that uh, everybody's uh, Memorial Day was uh, enjoyable, but not even remotely festive, but that doesn't seem to be the case. Uh, I'm Christian Blatt. Joined, as always, by my partner in mirth-making, Tamara Brown. Hi there. Uh, congratulations on the uh, Run, Lola, Run cosplay. Uh, maybe uh, Alias is a, is, is a better uh, cultural Don't get reference. get the reference. It's all right. It's a movie. What? No? <laughs> it's a great movie, too. It Scott Moore. Movie. Scott Moore likes the movie. It's in German, though. I got that one. Everybody. I got that one, and I laughed yeah. really hard. All right. <laughs> Nerds like my reference is what that means. But it is a German uh, movie from, like, 2002, so it's not for everyone. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but, it's funny, uh, though. I, it's a good one and, to check out. By the out. way, incredibly complimentary. It is in no way derogatory, because I love the new look. And for those that are listening to the audio yes. you're missing out, make sure you check us out on YouTube. And if you do check us out on YouTube, you'll see our other co-host, the one, the only, Chelsea Galicia. Well, hello there. Thank you all for being here. And uh, what uh, what was everyone's Fourth uh, of July? Fourth of July. You know what? It might as well have been. <laughs> honestly, how was everybody's Christmas? <laughs> yeah. It's all it's all going to be one. You know, it all runs together. Uh, so, how what were the crowds like for you, Tamara, being out and about on Memorial Day? Did you uh, do you feel like we're all still in this together? Or is it summer and uh, it's time to party? I I think um, I was telling Scott just before we started that I went up to a park that I would normally go running, uh, where I'd go running before any of this started, and it is it was more crowded on Saturday than it was pre-pandemic on a Saturday. I was very disappointed at how busy it was. Um, I had been when I I wear a mask outside my house except for when I was running because it was hard to breathe and there were too many people or, or like I would avoid people but I am now running with a mask on because I feel like I need to promote like people we need to wear masks no matter what so I was disappointed at the at the crowds and also I feel like everybody um, another place I went to um, just to like sit outside people were sort of distanced but there was like two people who were on a uh, a blanket smoking in this little park and I was like you wouldn't have done that in normal times like you're not allowed to smoke here like I feel like people are just taking liberties of just like rules don't apply to me anything goes 
Yeah, I, uh, I I think that uh, it's a little bit of the uh, the Wild West right now. It's like, well, what can we get away with? I mean, look, we're already we're already wearing uh, bandanas around our faces, so why don't we let it be the old West? Uh, Scott Moore, did you uh, make it to a pool party in Missouri, or did you do something different this weekend? <laughs> no, I mean, I was going to say it was pretty rain because I had to work a little bit yesterday. But uh, I, um, I, my friend was like, hey, do you want to go down to the beach? And I just didn't even want to venture because I was afraid. And this is honestly goodness truth that I was going to have to go to the bathroom and there's going to be nothing open. So. <laughs> so, so everything was closed. So I had this fear of like, where would I go to the bathroom? And what, what, so I was like, I'm just going to avoid it this 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 weekend. And I figured it was going to be really crowded anyway. You, so. you were worried about where to go to the bathroom. Scott, yes. have you heard of the ocean? <laughs> it's cold and polluted. Uh, yeah, well, I know. And, and uh, I, I, good for you to try to not pollute it worse. I like that uh, because it's cold. That's what's keeping Scott from going in the ocean. It's cold. It's yeah. too cold. Hey, the waves wash it away. All right. And we're just talking about number one. All right. Nobody's going number two in the ocean. Well, at least not any of us. Uh, Chelsea, did, uh, did you uh, do anything festive or uh, was it... Uh, a little bit uh was it more subdued uh, over there at uh at casa de galicia uh it was definitely subdued here at casa de galicia the only time i went out was to um walk with a friend and we were both wearing masks and we um walked uh like around the rose bowl a little for a little piece of it and sure. i was expecting to see a lot of people and i didn't and uh it's sort of been my my walk um, these days, and I was surprised that this weekend I didn't see a ton of people around, um, much less, in fact, than you know, three four days ago. So uh, I, I think everybody around here was at least thinking, "Wow, so many people are going to be out around the Rose Bowl that I shouldn't go." And then so nobody went, and it was just me and a couple of people hanging out with the golfers. Um, or or they all went to the beach and were using it like a toilet, as uh, Scott was yes. afraid to. But uh, yes. no, look, it's, uh, you know, it, I don't know that it falls into the uh, the talking points that she's prepared for her uh, every day. But uh, Dr. Burke said she's uh, very concerned by the images that we all saw. The, uh, you know, I, I mentioned the pool party in Missouri, and uh, I, I wouldn't call that a pool party. You know, I would, I think that's like, I don't know, a, a rave in the water. I mean, it's like a pool party doesn't, you feel like you might be able to swim in there. That's just a bunch of people standing in water uh, getting drunk. And I, look, I get, I, I understand. Speaking of the, going number one in the water. You yeah, know that, that was, just, just looking at the murkiness uh, of that water yeah, in that uh, photo, it's disgusting. Very <laughs> Yeah, and I think you know. Look, you're you're seeing. I think that uh, there are certainly a lot of people who are felt like, all right, I've, I I think I've done my part, or maybe haven't done their part. Uh, you know, I uh, I I I I think that uh, at this point, it's like, all right, well, you know, it's all right. It seems like everything's okay. Let's. Uh, I I I would think that you know, as things start to dial back and people are able to get out you would think you would do things incrementally. You know, you wouldn't go from, you know, being in the underground bunker like I am and then immediately, you know, to go going to Cabo for a long weekend, you know. But it seems like maybe that's what the, the mentality is. And the uh, health officials in Missouri have asked for the people who are partying at this place called Lake of the Ozarks, which I, I have to admit, 
it i don't know it i can't think of a worse travel destination than someplace called lake of the ozarks in missouri i would much rather go to branson missouri because at least you could take in a show maybe uh maybe they're, 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 they're nearby each like other i spent summers yeah. there as a kid they're, they're, they're there's probably far. like eight cracker barrels in branson yeah, you know so i would be happy that so uh but uh i, I don't know what uh well uh, since uh, you're our, our resident expert on missouri all of a sudden what do you what is the, what is the i don't want to say what's the mentality but what you know that area i i assume that obviously you're not there right now would you assume that that's a place where they're like yeah i don't i i don't really believe that this is happening or is it more that they just don't care whether or not it's true they just want to go party I have no idea. I, they have a Republican governor, so I know that the governor was um, uh, advocating for businesses to open back up. So I guess that sends a statewide mentality that you know we're things are back to normal. And that I mean, the fact that the group of people in those photos not wearing masks, not distancing at all, like that's just clearly a group of people that are willfully ignorant about the reality of the situation. So. I suppose if your state leaders are going to be advocating something, actually, no, the, I, I don't think if, if you're going to be ignoring science, you're probably not listening to your state leaders, whether no matter what political party they belong to. So I take that back. Well, yeah, if, those, I, I think I've, I've noticed something that, you know, with Memorial Day weekend, it's, you know, a, a lot of it is about shopping and sales and all that. And I didn't, I didn't see, or at least the media didn't show a lot of like shopping type of crowds. Um, these were, you know, people congregating. And it is ironic to me that with this culture of American, like I'm in it for myself. I pull myself up by my own bootstraps. I'm an individual and I, I, I just, I take care of myself, very self-centered in the most literal sense of that word, that people are starving for socialization. And it, I think it just goes to show how much we need people, even though on some level, Americans like to say, I don't need anybody. I just need myself. I can take care of myself. But you know, that's American ingenuity, American rugged individualism. And what we're seeing is um, that people need other people as much as they need like air. Uh, after so long of being isolated, people literally mentally break down because we are programmed to be social animals. So uh, sure, there is ignorance at play, but there's a stronger pull to be around other people. Uh, and that's what I think that we're seeing. But the people that are the Americans that are like, well, I'm going to eat whatever I want, even though I know better, or not take care of myself and not work out and be the one smoking, whatever. Those people, when when they do get sick, because there's a high chance that they will, are the ones that are going to have major complications and maybe not even survive. And so I think that this illness is going to go through most, if not all of us, and the healthiest will survive. Literally, you know, a Darwinian experiment in a matter of months or a year. But I think this is literally what we're we're watching the beginning of. I don't know. Maybe that's. But a I weird think take, when there's but. that many people, it goes beyond just a, a desperation to socialize, which is true. But to none of them wearing masks, none of them distancing anyway. To me, that just indicates defiance. Well, I I don't know. I I didn't 
exactly see how old these people were, but they did seem to be younger people. And we'll remember our prefrontal cortexes don't develop till we're like 25, maybe even later, which I think is why we can't rent cars until we're 25. But literally the, the executive part of your brain that really weighs the realities and consequences and makes those decisions like are not fully formed. And we'd most young people would rather just think that they're invincible. So to go well, into the pool with a mask. They weren't young. I mean, they, it was a whole mix of well, crowd. I know that's what I was going to say. I was going to add Then that. I got nothing. <laughs> that, no, I was going to say that the, the, the social part of it is social with like-minded people. And that's sort of the difference. So it's like, you're going to go with the people that subscribe to you. You know, that's why the people are at pool parties and people are defiantly not wearing masks. Like being social creatures, you want to be social with like-minded people as well so that you can be part of a group and, um, and I was going to say, my mom lives in Sedona and she said, you know, this past weekend was the same thing. Like everybody was out in full force. Traffic was crazy. Nobody was wearing masks. You know, nobody was ad adhering to social distancing rules and that it was just, it, it was made her feel stressed because it was like, you know, all these people are going to leave town now after the weekend, but now there's a good chance that they're going to be infecting locals and, you know, to their own, like you said, selfish acts of wanting to be socially out again, but not you know, protecting themselves and, and being defiant is now going to potentially continue to spread this disease. And I said, I don't think it's going to go away at all because people are going to go out and it's just going to keep circulating around now all summer long too, which is too bad. Yeah. Well, you know, obviously there's the other side of Memorial Day. You have uh, the respectful uh, homage to men and women in uniform who uh, tragically lost their lives. Also, the more serious aspect you had, uh, you know, it's sort of, a, it's not that it's any more or less serious. That's a, a poor choice of phrase. What it is, is, is the sort of immediate thing. You have that, uh, that very powerful New York Times cover where they just listed the names of a thousand people who had passed away as we hit a hundred thousand. So, And also the fact that there's more now, now more casualties because of the virus than in the Vietnam War and Korean War combined. Right. Yes, well, exactly. Every war, every war since World War II combined. Right, yeah. yeah, and and the fact, the simple fact is that they could do that cover for the next 100 days, and then, of course, by then there would be more. Uh, and I don't know, I mean, I think that, you know, they could have packed in as many names as possible, but I thought it was a nice touch that they, you know, they put a little something about each of the people. Uh, I mean, that makes it that much more heartbreaking and uh, sad to see but I, at, at least we have a leader who also was being respectful on Memorial Day weekend and doing something that I think most presidents before him would do. And that's accusing a morning TV host of being a murderer. <laughs> so I, I'm really glad that, uh, that he picked the time to do that. Uh, you know, which unfortunately, if you read about it, it it's a, it's just a terrible story. Uh, it's Joe Scarborough, in case you somehow don't know this story. You know, just a woman who worked for him. I need a recap. A woman who worked for him about 20 years ago, and she had a heart condition. And unfortunately, she was working late. She passed out. She hit her head when she passed out. And so then she died. So it's uh, it's not a story I knew about until President Trump said that Joe Scarborough was a murderer. Uh, and you know, you have this, this man's, uh, sorry, this woman's widower writing to Jack Dorsey, the CEO of Twitter and just being like, could you, could you just delete these tweets? This is about, this is saying that the guy she worked for 
murder. This is when he uh, he was a congressman, when Joe Scarborough was a congressman, not when he worked in television. Anyway, and he's like, so the president is saying that my wife was murdered, and this is kind of really upsetting that this is what people are talking about. And then Twitter just writes this letter like, yeah, we're really sorry that that hurts your feelings. Uh, all right, next. You know, so they didn't uh, they didn't delete the tweets. And I guess, I don't know, there's the, uh, I guess you don't want to set the precedent of selectively deleting tweets. For, but uh, I don't know. I think that there, you know, there are certainly, I don't know, I guess if you delete these tweets from President Trump, then you have to go in and like how many thousands more are there valid reasons to uh, have to have to tweet? Uh, but you know, the the man who wrote the letter, the the widower, I don't have his name in front of me. He made the point that like if he had said that about someone, he would have been kicked off Twitter. But the president says it, and it's all right. So uh, you know, we don't really need to get into the specifics of, of that story, but it's you know, it's always it always makes sense that uh, that President Trump pays no attention to the timing of anything you know this is this is what was important to him right now and uh we always talk about that uh, you know he must be trying to uh distract from something but uh he definitely chose the um the you know i don't know sort of one of the the most somber occasions on our calendar every year uh memorial day now he and the first lady did go out to uh, a, a few sites uh, you know, a few military um, events and they, uh, whereas there's footage of Milani wearing a mask on, I guess it's Marine One, which is the helicopter, not Air Force One. Uh, neither of them wore masks in public. Uh, Joe Biden uh, apparently came out of his house for the first time in months, uh, which, you know, that's sort of like, I guess, spotting Bigfoot, seeing Joe Biden in the wild, but uh, he and uh, his wife were wearing masks. And uh, look, I'll admit that Joe Biden in the masks with the aviator sunglasses is a little bit funny, but that didn't, uh, that that apparently was the occasion for President Trump to make fun of him for wearing the mask. So for, you know, being respectful of one, other people, and two, also Joe Biden realizing how old he is and what, how many years older than Trump is he? It's only a few. Four. Yeah, he's yeah. four years older. Which well, one of those half. guys do you think is in better physical condition? Uh, you know, I, I'm just, just guessing. I'm not going to talk about, we'll get to mental condition. Yeah. But physically, <laughs> who do you think would be better to fight off a cold or, God forbid, a coronavirus? You know, there's no real answer there. Uh, but there he was out there in a mask, and uh, he was uh, being ridiculed for it. Uh, so I think it's very interesting, you know, a very long time ago before his scandal, uh, John Edwards talked about how there's two Americas. And I think that was kind of on display. Uh, that was yesterday. Uh, what, uh, let me ask you first, Scott, what do you think as you see those images? Uh, one, the first lady feeling like she should wear uh, a mask when she's not in public, but then as, as soon as she's in public, she, you know, obviously the marching orders that you, you don't wear them under any circumstances. So what do you think about those two visuals, Scott? Well, I was going to say, if I was her, I'd always wear a mask uh, around uh, Donald Trump, but. Um... It could be like uh, from the, from the early eighties, there was a, there was a standup comedian called the unknown comic and he always wore a bag on his head. Uh, I, I think I might do that too. And it would just say first lady. And then maybe it's her, but maybe it's maybe it's just a lookalike. You know, maybe it's a right. Well, I mean, that goes back to the conspiracy theories from before that she had like a body double and all that was going on for you know the craziness uh, like a year or so ago. If they were like still together and all this, but um, 
you know, I think it's ridiculous. It is on full display that this has become a political divide, and it, and it shouldn't be. And I appreciated uh, the North Dakota governor um, over the weekend, who's a Republican, and even uh, Governor Mike DeWine from Ohio, another Republican, who was saying, hey, this is this is not a political thing. You shouldn't be calling out people for wearing masks. And, you know, I, I, I give my kudos to those governors that are trying to say, hey, this is not a political thing. And the fact that Donald Trump continues to make it a political thing and him just not wearing a mask, like just when he was on the, the tour uh, to the Ford uh, factory last week, just again, is just showing the irresponsibility um, of him not, you know, at least showing an attempt at leadership, at least Joe Biden is showing an attempt at leadership by coming out and wearing a mask. Um, and it, having him make fun of and Britt Hume, I mean, it was ridiculous that Britt Hume, like what has happened to him? You know, I used to somewhat respect him as a journalist and now, now he's become another uh, lapdog for the, the Trump regime. Uh, it, was, it, it shouldn't even be to that point that we're making fun of people for choosing to wear masks or not. Because at the end of the day, like Chelsea was saying, this individual, you know, uh, rugged individualism and everything is, is great to a point, but it's not realistic. And I always tell people, it sounds liberal, you know, woohoo kind of stuff, but I get my flu shot every year, not for myself, but to help protect people like in my family that have type one diabetes, for people that I could come across uh, at the store, you know, an older woman in front of me that I don't get it for them, but I give it to her and then she dies from complications. It's, you know, the fact that we've completely shut down from looking out for us as a, as a community and knowing that, you know, the better off that I am health-wise, the better off you know, if I can protect other people and turning it into a political issue was, was silly and foolish. And I, I was very disappointed with even Brit Hume, you know, making fun of Joe Biden. Um, and I appreciate the Republicans that do call out, you know, saying this is not a political thing because it really shouldn't be. It really shouldn't I mean, be. I mean, maybe that this is sort of the, the culture war that, you know, there are pieces of race and all of that in this sort of culture war, but maybe this is what it really is about. Is it, the traditional American individualism, or is it realizing that we are actually a collective of people and that's our biggest asset? Uh, it rem I always, um, you know, our, our leader of AfterBuzz, um, Kevin Undergaro, I, I, in my head, I always remember him, you know, saying that sometimes what, what gets you to Egypt won't get you to the promised land. And I feel like because we have had this rugged individualism thing for so long, and that's how America became America, that that's what we should stick to. It's gotten us this far, that's the right thing. Well, it got us this far, but to go further, to live better, now we take those skills that we've individually collected and we work together for the sake of all of us. And I think that is, to me, the dividing of America is whether we should just stick to our own liberties, freedoms, individual selves, or whether we should think for the larger, greater good for the benefit of ourselves and other people. And I, don't, I, I think that's, to me, what defines the two Americas, I think. I don't know if, if anybody else has a, a different dividing line, but I'm trying to understand beyond Republican and Democrat, what is this divide that's showing up so much with this pandemic? Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely, I, I agree with you. I think that there, you know, you can, you can quibble about what the dividing line is, but uh, you know, it's oddly enough, we're so much, I, I didn't imagine over the last three years that how divided we are would continue to get so compounded. And then obviously 
when you have a health crisis in the middle of it, it becomes a, a little bit easier. Uh, you know, I think that sort of what I was alluding to earlier, you, you don't get the feeling that everybody's kind of in this for themselves. I think you have people that their thinking is, I'm not worried about it. Like those people who went to the, the pool party and they're, you know, and, and just yeah, large gatherings. I'm not like, worried about it for yeah, me. I, I'm going to be okay. Right. And also, I mean, you also have people that are like, well, I don't believe it. It's like, okay, but you know, other people do. And it's almost like, you know, I mean, you run into problems like there's a video that was circulating over the weekend of, uh, you know, people at a, at a supermarket in Staten Island that basically chased this woman out who didn't have a mask on. And she should have been wearing the mask. But it was almost like, you know, it's Staten Island. So it gave people an excuse to uh, try to get somebody who's different out of a crowd. So, you know, they, it felt like old times for them. But I think that, you know, you're just sort of seeing that there are a lot, there are a lot of people. It's like, they're just like, yeah, it, I, I don't believe in it, so I'm not going to do it. But it's like, it's like, what does it actually hurt to wear the mask? You know, it's just like, just just wear it. At, at some point, you won't have to wear it anymore. I don't know when that is. But for right now, just go. And, uh, you know, Tamara, you were talking about how you've started wearing it when you go running. The people running are the ones that I'm always like, yeah, I get them not wearing it because it just makes it harder to breathe, especially on a hot day. Uh, and a lot of times you would see them, they would have it, you know, maybe around their neck or, or have it somewhere. So, uh, but, you know, the the idea that, uh, you know, it's like making the physical exertion that much more difficult for yourself and you're still willing to do it. It just shows that it's like, yeah, it's, it, it's I don't know, it's it's not that, I don't know, to me, it's not a big deal. Am I missing something, Tamara? Or I'm thinking it, of it as a sign of respect is what it yeah. symbolizes for me, because of course, I am also a person who feels like I'm not in danger. In fact, I, I mean, I don't know for sure, but I assume I, I work in tourism. I, for, for the past year, I'm around people all over, from all over the entire world. I was in New York doing shows in February. Like I feel like I have definitely been exposed to it and I was probably asymptomatic. I'm not worried about it for myself, but you, you know, like we've, well, like Scott and Chelsea, everybody was just said, like you, you want to do it in protection of, you know, everybody else. So I think we need to start thinking of the mask as a sign of respect rather than weakness, rather than Democrat, Republican, whatever the mask represents to, to anybody at this point if we thought more that it is as a sign of respect, I think that could be something more, um, you know, bridging, bridging this divide. Yeah. Somebody needs to come out with a mask that says, because I respect you across it. And <laughs> maybe that'll go somewhere. I, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, or, you know, just, uh, just a mask that it actually it's, it's made for each individual where it just looks like the lower half of their face. So then they don't have to feel like, you know, they, uh, they, they, they look weird, you know, uh, just to, uh, change topics entirely. Uh, we talked about how Joe Biden was wearing a mask yesterday on Memorial day. Uh, if you can imagine being the, anybody on the communications team for Joe Biden, there are probably a lot of other times where you wish he would also be wearing a mask and maybe you're able to tighten it. And then when it's time for him to answer a question, you loosen it and then you can tighten it again. Because obviously the comment that he made while being interviewed by Charlemagne the God is um, what it, it's obviously very unfortunate. But if you've seen the whole clip, his communications guy was trying to wrap up the interview. So they were done. All Joe had to be like, yeah, I'll see you next time I'm in New York. 
And instead, <laughs> Joe Biden's like, you know what I'm going to say on the way out? I'm going to say that if you, if you if you're thinking you might vote for Trump, Trump, then you ain't black. And first of all, he's you know, he's using slang and he's you know, I, I don't quite know who what makes Joe Biden think that he's the one who gets to determine right. anyone's authority. blackness. And but look to uh, to President Trump's credit. Uh, within a couple hours, there were T-shirts available uh, on his website that uh, said, I think it was, quote, you ain't black. And then it was attributed to Joe Biden. Uh, they're planning to spend a million dollars on a viral campaign really focused on this one issue. He's got some money to spare. And I'm not even talking about his own money, which arguably he doesn't have his own money. But in any case, uh, so, you know, you hear that and you're just like, what? what is it with this guy? Like, he... <laughs> He probably thought like, oh, he's going to think this is really funny. You know, it's like kind of like, let me get let me get one more in on the way out. But I can't believe that he the interview would have been over. He didn't have to say anything else. His guy had been the bad guy. And he's like, yeah, you know, uh, Jill has to use the Zoom machine now. Um, I don't know. Uh, Chelsea, your thoughts on. Uh, I almost I, I go very close to calling him president a lot. Vice President Biden's comments uh, about race. Well, um, uh, wow! I, I just, just, just wow! Um, what this does in my mind is it now shifts um, the VP picks. That's where my mind goes about this. Um, no more Amy Klobuchar, and frankly, I'm glad that it means no Elizabeth Warren because I want Elizabeth Warren to replace Mitch McConnell as um <laughs> thank you i mean for people well, no, wanting and, and look elizabeth, elizabeth warren I, i'm sure elizabeth warren wants to also run for president herself again you know what i mean so i think for for her it's it's not a great career path for her to be vp anyway senate majority leader warren come on people so i, I you know I, I i there is really no way to reconcile you know what joe biden says um to, to, to make it make sense, to make it defensible. It, it just, you know, has no place. I mean, I guess the only defense is, well, the other option is Trump, but that is a terrible way to justify this. Um, and I, how's that whole moderate thing going people? I don't think it's going that well, but anyways, um, I guess I don't need to poke that bear. I'm just going to say no VP Warren. That's all I got. Well, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, it, it's th this incident in and of itself is is certainly something that he'd be able to weather. But, uh, well, a lot of candidates could weather. You have to wonder. It's like, oh, in trying to do damage control from this Tamra, is he just going to say something worse? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you betcha. Of course he is. Like, this is, I, in, in so many ways with Biden, I'm sort of understanding it, it, a lot of where Republicans have come from in things like when I say, like, how can you listen to Trump give a speech and not cringe? Oh, now I understand, you know, like you have to support this person <laughs> that, it, it, I mean, it's it's funny, but it's really unfortunate, actually, that, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to vote for a person that in so many ways 
you know, I, I never would have. Um, and, but, but yeah, it's making me understand how, how a lot of Republicans have felt for a very long time. Yeah. I mean, you had plenty of people who, plenty of uh, Republicans and even actual conservatives who definitely held their nose and voted for Donald Trump because they didn't want to vote for Hillary. And they're going to do the same thing again, because they're like, there's, there's, yeah, there's all these things that even they don't like about him, but you know, I, 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 I saw earlier that uh, obviously it's only May, but that uh, President Trump has like a 3% lead on Joe Biden in Utah of all places. So, you know, that's a perfect example of people who like, you know, in every way morally oppose everything about, uh, about President Trump, you know, but ultimately they're going to vote for him. Yeah. Joe Biden is very Catholic. I believe one of the books he wrote was was very centered on on his Catholicism. I don't know why he's not leaning more into those types of things that, you know, people who are who are religious and they are voting for Trump only because they need to vote for the Republican. I, I think things like that would really benefit Biden for for certain there are certain dem- I'm just saying there are certain demographics where I don't understand why Biden isn't leaning into certain areas that would I feel really help him with with certain demographics whereas you know yeah no look there, there's a there's a great comparison because uh, we'll talk in a moment about how he uh, President Trump said that churches are essential and they should be reopened I think that the easy counter to that is uh, you know for Biden to say like what do you care you're not going to go yeah. You no, know, you never go. I go to church. I'll actually go. You know, it's like, uh, you know, uh, but I, I, I know, I know what you're saying though. That that is an issue, and I look. I, I think that you, you certainly have people that feel a little weird about Catholics. There was always that idea. Obviously, we're going back sixty plus years ago, eighty years ago now. I don't even know. My oh, JFK. Now we have yeah, JFK in charge yeah, of the JFK. United exactly. Yeah. The idea was that, like, you know, before that campaign, I was like, well, he can't, he can't win because he's Catholic. You know, it's almost. You know, it, it, you know, so I, I don't know, but uh, go ahead, Scott. Well, I was just going to kind of go back just a little bit. I mean, the thing that is, is about Biden that we've known from the very beginning, that was part of it, you know, even 2008 is that he's a gaffe machine doesn't make it okay. Um, but I think the difference is Tamara is that at least Democrats are more willing to call him out and he apologized versus the Republicans that continue to just let Trump get away just, with stuff. Just bend my, over backwards. My, Because my biggest issue was, is, and it goes back to the, the sexual assault charges with Tara Reid, it's like, they will continue to call up Biden for these things and these gaffes and everything and, and all that. But then I, what I, it, it's just hypocrisy to me. Because this whole weekend alone, you saw Trump going on about conspiracy theories. You saw him retweet, you know, that jerk calling uh, um, Stacey Abrams Shamu. Um, calling Hillary Clinton a skank. You know, he's doing this throughout the weekend and it gets no attention at all, which is, you know, again, he does more in one day that's a thousand times worse than what Joe Biden said, which again, I'm not, um, you know, saying it's okay what Joe Biden said because it was wrong. But at least he came up and said, look, I messed up. I apologize. I got too comfortable. I was trying to make a joke or whatever it was, you know, which everyone, every politician does. But the point is, Democrats were calling him out quite a bit over the you know that time period whereas you don't see republicans doing it at all they just let him you know they just sit back and say yeah. oh it's fine it's 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 okay um and about the religious thing i think it's a it's a fine line for democrats i mean mayor pete was bringing that up during the the you know primaries it's a tough line for democrats because i think republican or uh, religious voters are always going to lean republican because even if joe biden is talking about religion 
they know that at the end of the day, when he's in, his Supreme Court justices are going to go for, you know, pro-choice uh, type can't, you know, uh, judges, and they're not going to be going in the Republic. Like Republicans have gotten a lock on that and with evangelical voters and everything else. I think Catholic voters and obviously a lot of uh, uh, Jewish voters and, and there are blocks of religions that still do trend democratic. So I think, you know, he does have more Catholics now than than Hillary Clinton did in, in 2016 as of the latest polls, but it's a tough one because most Republicans feel, or most voters that are religious feel that Republicans are gonna have their back when it comes to the, the interests that they want, which is why they vote for Trump, even though he's not religious at all. So that, that's a hard one to, to kind of square for, I think, a lot of Democrats, but I think it's an important topic too, that it's not just the Republicans that should have a lock on that vote. Right. Can, uh, I, can I piggyback off of that? And I will, sure. the, the part about Joe Biden apologizing sort of like went over my head. But now that you point out that he did, I'm like, well, actually, that, that should say a lot that somebody can apologize because it seems to me that Trump supporters believe an apology is a sign of weakness. Apology and, and masks make you weak and fearful or something. I don't know. And strength is is never backing down from what you say. Um, and it's just a, a I, don't, I don't know whether to call it immature or unevolved, but if you never apologize, that, 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 that doesn't make you strong, wise, or enlightened in, in, in my world at all. And I, I, can't, I can't seem to get why that doesn't carry more weight. Um, an apology, like I don't, it didn't even stand out to me, and I, and I, I think that of, of that as something that is a strength. And about the religion, I think that you know, since the time of JFK, it, it sort of seemed like Republic, Republicans are the party of religion. So then Democrats had to be the party of non-religion, and I think that is a mistake. And I think that's just making it too black and white. I think we should embrace nuance. I think that Democrats should embrace their religion, spiritual practice, whatever it may be. Uh, because to be the party of no faith, um, first of all, that doesn't represent me or most Democrats that I know, but it's, it, it, it's, it just plays into the fact that we have to be the very opposite of what they are. Um, and I think we should grow out of that. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I definitely think that, uh, yeah, I mean, look, there are obviously plenty of uh, religious people who will, of course, uh, you know, vote for a, a Democrat. And you just have to make it clear that it's like, yeah, but obviously not everybody believes this, not everybody believes in everything, and we're okay with that too. Uh, but uh, I did, uh, I, so that was, you know, saying that we got to open all the churches, which uh, is... I don't know, the most uh, pandering of, of comments for a guy who doesn't go to church. And then the other oh, thing that- church, uh, He meant church is chicken, Christian. Oh, well, that actually changes everything. I, I agree with that. Hashtag uh, release church's chicken. See, I'm, I'm glad you explained it to me. All right, you know what? I agree with him on that. I'll retweet that one. Uh, the other thing he said, uh, we only have a couple of minutes, but uh, the other thing he said was that uh, basically after someone was on Fox News saying that, uh, schools need to be reopened because uh, students don't spread coronavirus and are more likely to die crossing the street. So then President Trump said, well, we need to reopen our schools. And obviously, reopening schools is, of course, critical to helping the economy because parents can work if their kids are at school. I mean, obviously, there's more to it than that. But, you know, uh, but 
just this idea that this one guy said that uh, kids don't get it. It's not that there aren't instances of children getting it. Children have died. You, you're reading stories about just weird respiratory conditions that some kids get. And it's obviously everything that you get, all these numbers, you're like, yes, it's a small percentage, but what if that's your kid? So it's like, all right, so you want to reopen the schools. Great. Let's make sure that obviously Baron goes back to school. Uh, on day one. And I feel like poor Baron would probably have to go just so that Trump can make a point. Melania might not want him to go to school. And I think that, uh, you know, it's, it's really, that's what it, he's just banging the same drum. It's like, we got to open the churches. We got to, we got to open the, the schools. And there's, there's no real indication that, that these are necessarily good ideas. I saw for California that churches, I think will reopen within the, within the next week or so. And it's going to be 25% capacity. It's like, yeah, I think that that's smart, but I don't think that's what he means. You know, he, he just means like, yeah, churches should be open like a regular Sunday. And uh, you know, I think that you have, it, it kind of emboldens a, a lot of people, including somebody who's in our chat right now for this show that these notions are that, well, you don't need to worry about any of this stuff. You know, and look, the president isn't worried about it. So why should we be worried about it? The president isn't worried about it because he wants people to be able to vote for him. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I, you know, there's not really enough time to kind of dive into this, but it's like the idea that you're opening schools is like, okay, these are kids though. They don't, they don't get to decide like, Hey, are you comfortable going to school? If school's open, you have to go, you know, sure. You can decide to continue homeschooling your kids, but that's, that's the whole process. So uh, I, I don't know. I think that uh, it's, it, it's infuriating, not so much that he says it, but because he's saying it because all these other people are like, yeah, this is a really good idea. And then it just kind of perpetuates this idea that the churches well, this and schools is, need to be open. Go ahead, Chelsea. This is coming. He retweeted the same guy on Fox that said that you don't want the, what is it he called it? You don't want the cure to be worse and the disease yeah whatever right. that silly line was it's the same guy so you know for for all of trump's promises that i'm going to have the best people around me to inform me of things we know that that really isn't the case and he just likes one dude on fox well several dudes on fox news but this one guy this, he keeps literally parroting what he says yeah, on the show it's basically everybody except for chris wallace basically who uh, we don't have time to dive into it, but uh, Chris Wallace uh, tore into the new uh, press secretary for making the point that uh, that what Democrats and the liberal media want is for the churches to be closed. And uh, despite the fact that the uh, the person asking a question about it was someone who made the point that they go to church. Anyway, we did run out of time, as we so often do, but uh, unfortunately... We're all going to be around. We're all going to be here next week. We don't have anywhere to go. We still have plenty to talk about. So uh, you'll be able to find us next Tuesday. Until then, Tamara, where can people find you? Find me on TikTok at Hey Tamara. TikTok? Look at you. Very exciting. (laughs) Somebody's coming. Young kids hang. Somebody tell me what TikTok is, and I'll see if I can follow you on it. Scott Moore, where do people find you? (laughs) I was going to say they can find me on Facebook with all the old people. (laughs) 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 On Twitter at SMAN80. That's SMAN80. And Chelsea, where can people find you? Twitter at Chelsea Galicia. And you can spi- you can find me on Friendster and MySpace, uh, <laughs> and also on Twitter and Instagram <laughs> at Christian DMZ. Uh, but uh, we will be back next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. 
Eastern. So until then, uh, take care and uh, we'll, uh, we'll see you then. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.